Focusing on productivity made me less productive. How I practice mindful productivity. I wasn't born a productive person. It was not innate to crave productivity. I believe productivity was a learned behavior. That is how it was for me. While growing up, I wasn't concerned with productivity at all. I didn't try to optimize my homework in school or follow a perfect schedule. I didn't think about how to get these things done. I just did them. Play was more important to me than work. It was sometime in my early 20s when I first started to obsess over productivity. I suspect it had something to do with my first failed semester of college. It felt even more important to come back to school after that debacle, having learned my lesson and done some growing up. I started to think about how I worked instead of just doing the work. Over time, productivity morphed from an interest into identity. I became all consumed with being a productive person. I desperately wanted to prove myself, mostly to myself. I wanted to show myself that I could do it. I wanted to prove that I wasn't just a lazy, smart kid. I stopped dreaming and started being realistic. I stopped doing things I loved and chose to do things that made sense. It was time to be an adult and do what I had to do. Work became more important than play. Productivity as a measurement of the economy. Productivity is a new societal obsession. In the modern world, it is even a common measurement in both economics and the workplace. In both cases, the measurement revolves around how much output you can get per input. The input is often time and resources. The idea is to maximize output. For thousands of years, there was a ceiling on how much output could be achieved. There was only so much input of time and resources to offer. Life was markedly slower as a result. There was less of a rush to get things done. There was no way to shave off time and very little to be done about resources. As a result, things were often done more slowly. The upside was that the quality was unmatched. Architecture is a great example of this principle. The Great Wall of China began construction in 400 BC and was completed in the 1600s. It literally took 2,000 years to complete the project. If a project manager today set a deadline for 2,000 years in the future, they'd be fired on the spot. The Coliseum took 10 years to build, but the new Raider Stadium in Las Vegas took just two and a half years. The Taj Mahal took 21 years to construct, while the Burj Khalifa took only six. Time was often secondary to quality. The Industrial Revolution blew the roof off the productivity ceiling. With technological innovations in transportation, communication, and production, the world launched into the modern era of productivity. Doing things faster and cheaper became paramount. Steam and eventual combustion engines made the world a lot smaller. Any resource became available anywhere in the world. The telephone and the internet sped up communication. Life sped up. Companies began to think about how they worked. Research and development became an essential part of running a business. Those that refused didn't survive the rush of innovation. A faster life brought about more opportunities 
but also new and unfamiliar pitfalls. The bad of productivity. Industrial obsession with productivity had a trickle-down effect. Enter personal productivity. This concept is a modern luxury of the privileged. No one else has the time to consider how they work because they are busy working. I was a part of this group. In my experience, productivity culture is well-intentioned but misguided. I believe there are two main problems with it. For one, there's too much emphasis on output and not enough on input. The second is that solutions to being unproductive are often reductive. Focus on output of personal productivity is problematic for many reasons. It assumes that I'm a business. I am not. I am a person with complicated thoughts and feelings and motives. My output is not as simple as a KPI of a business. There isn't a knob that I can turn to raise or lower my output. It also assumes that more is better, which it isn't. When I have focused too much on output, I've often been met with feelings of guilt and frustration. Not the good kind of guilt and frustration that leads to positive change, but the kind that keeps me up at night wondering why I can't change. Why can't I wake up or work out consistently? Why can't I focus on that side project? I believe this is why so many people resonate with James Clear's book, Atomic Habits. One of his main points is to focus on creating systems instead of setting goals. Essentially, the premise is to focus on input rather than output. If you focus on input, the output will naturally come. The other problem is in oversimplifying productivity solutions. There are too many self-help gurus and apps that claim they will solve all your problems. Many of them use sweeping statements that make a great headline, but don't hold water from person to person. Much use research to persuade people to their cause. A great example of this is sleep. We can all agree that sleep is important. When you get it, your productivity will increase. Many gurus have popularized eight hours of sleep as the magic number to reach each night. That is not true for everyone. Eight hours is simply the average amount of sleep a person needs. Some people may only need six or seven hours, while others will require nine to operate at full capacity. For the last year, I intentionally decided to stop using an alarm. I discovered that my natural sleep schedule was closer to seven and a half hours. It turns out eight hours wasn't true for me. I was slightly below average. The good of productivity. Chasing productivity was very beneficial to my professional career. My first job in college was as a printer. I was part of a warehouse team, but I worked by myself in a big cold closet with a $50,000 printer. One by one, I would take our product and print custom ordered logos on it. It was a great college job because I could do homework while the printer was doing its thing. It was part-time, and so there was another individual that would perform the same job when I wasn't there. I quickly realized that if I maximized my productivity, I could print a lot faster than my counterpart. Within a few months, I was doubling their output. After nine months, I was promoted to the supply chain team in the office. Working in logistics built my productive skill set until I eventually turned it into a career in marketing operations. 
My whole job became maximizing productivity of our processes and team. There has also been tremendous upside for me personally by pursuing productivity. It has motivated me to confront and change bad habits. I live a healthier lifestyle than I ever have before. I find that I strive to find more meaning in my day-to-day life. Practicing Mindful Productivity These days, I try to take a more holistic approach to productivity. I'm less concerned with the recent trends, and I'm more concerned with what works for me. This means that I often conduct my own personal research and development. I test things in my life, and then I iterate upon them. I've discovered some productivity hacks just aren't for me. A younger version of myself would have clung on to certain practices, desperately trying to fit a square peg in a round hole. One example of this was time blocking. I avidly time blocked for years, both professionally and personally. I even time blocked my sleep. All 24 hours of the day were time blocked in my calendar. What I found was that I didn't adhere to it at all. It's just not how my brain works. I attempted to justify it by saying, just by having the intention, even if I don't do it, it is helpful. It wasn't. No number of notifications or reminders helped. All it did was serve as a constant reminder that I wasn't following my calendar. It didn't matter what I did, nothing changed that. It made me less productive because I wasn't optimizing my natural work patterns. I'm still working on divorcing from a perfect productivity mindset. I go through seasons where I'm really on top of things and others where I'm not. Instead of berating myself over it, I try to focus on restarting. Now I'm more concerned with getting back on the horse than feeling bad that I'm not on the horse all the time. I try to carefully tailor my life to get the most out of my potential, but I still allow room for growth in my productivity.